at our club or workplace, we all want everyone to feel welcome, to feel included, valued, respected, and safe. Unfortunately, this is not always a given. In this episode, you'll meet members of our Pride Committee and hear about what they're doing with the club and wider associations to raise awareness and education to make it so. Welcome to the Camberwell Hockey Podcast. Tom Winter returns to host committee chair Stacey Clark and members Julia Patterson and Sam Daly. You can reach the Pride Committee on email, pride at camberwellhockeyclub.com.au. Here's Tom. Welcome back to the CHC podcast, everybody. Back for another season in 2021. Um, tonight, we welcome back two podcast veterans in Samantha Daly and Julia Patterson. And then we also welcome a first gamer to the CHC podcast in Stacey Clark. Now, Stacey, you're the chairperson of the CHC Pride Committee. Um, can you give us a quick background on your hockey life? And then also just give us a really brief rundown on what exactly the CHC Pride Committee is. Certainly. Hi, Tom. Yeah, look, um, I guess for myself from hockey, you know, I grew up in a, in a hockey family in, uh, in Tassie. Um, all us three kids went through hockey. Um, my sister plays here at Camberwell as well and was the reason why I sort of moved across to uh, Camberwell when, when I relocated to Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, I guess, you know, from a young age, hockey's just been, you know, blood, you know, direct you know get distracted off to other sports and always seem to be coming back to it um sadly lately due to too many concussion injuries as goalie i've had to sort of retire from from playing um but still love being involved and you know from myself with my own so i guess background as a, as a transgender sort of athlete um you know the natural progression into helping um continue the amazing work that the club's been doing around pride space um, over the years. It was uh, great to be uh, starting to you know, help get the committee together and build on the, the amazing work that the club's been doing. Awesome. Thanks. Well, great to have you on the first podcast, Stacey. Next, we'll go across to Julia Patterson. Now, Julia, for those, who, those avid listeners of the CHC podcast, they're going to recognise you from the mental health um, committee that we've recorded last year um, but just to refresh us all can you just give us a quick rundown on your involvement uh, on and off the field because I know that you do a host of work off the field at Campbell. Yeah um, hi I'm Julia I use she her pronouns um, well on the field I'm currently the reserve scholarly, Um and I'm also one of the I work in the canteen as well um, so you'll often see me running around getting more cases of beers on Premier League weekends. Um, and I'm on the Pride and Mental Health Committees. Huge. Thanks, Julia. Just critical to the running of the Campbell Hockey Club <laughs> on and off the field. Um, now, the, our last guest with us tonight, um, we have Dr. Sam Daly. Now, people will recognise you, Sam, from years and years and years of Premier League hockey at Campbell. Victorian representation, Australia, and then also uh, on the medical, the COVID episode of the Campbell Hockey Podcast. But for those who have somehow missed you through the years, do you want to just give us a quick rundown on who you are and your involvement with the club? 
Sure. Uh, thanks, Tom. So, yeah, I think I joined Camberwell Hockey in under nines and I've played right through, um, including State League One. Took a bit of a break when I moved up to Albury-Wodonga after finishing medical school and I've just come back to the club last year to have a crack at trying to play Premier League again um, and it's been a lot of fun and I'm commuting from Gippsland uh, but it's totally worth it and really enjoying it and last year when I came back to the club the opportunity came to join the Pride Committee and I thought it was a, a really um, a good chance to again give back to the club um, multiple reasons why I wanted to join, um, all about inclusion, particularly I work as a rural GP, so I see how important inclusion can be um, for my patients. Um, and also I introduced my fiancé to the club this year, Jess, and she's been um, welcomed with um, caring, loving arms um, to the Campbell family. So, um, yeah, I guess I wanted to give back to the club for that as well. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. So we've got three huge contributors here, which is unreal um, to have you three on the podcast and be able to talk about some of the work that's been going on in the inclusion space. So um, inclusion is obviously such a big space just generally and societally at the moment. Um, we're now focusing in and narrowing our view to the Campbell Hockey Club in the first instance and then hopefully we can broaden it out after that. Um, Julia, just as, as far as inclusion goes, you're obviously, I know that you're studying and you work and you play hockey and stuff. Do you have much experience um, with inclusion outside of the hockey club? Yeah, I've been because I'm doing a psych degree. I'm currently doing my honours project on ADHD and autism, which I think is a really like misunderstood area in just like in general. Um, and outside of hockey, I'm part of my UD's Disabilities and Carers Committee, so I'm mostly involved in sort of inclusion work in like the disability sector, um, researching it and trying to make the uni like more accessible and inclusive. So that's kind of my main gig, but I thought the Campbell Pride Committee was a really good, like a nice opportunity to, to sort of use, put my passions in like this sector into use. Amazing. And it's certainly unreal work you're doing both you know at the university to to help inclusion one space being that disability space and now working uh yeah in the pride committee is awesome so um stacy obviously you are the boss of the committee uh you are our chairperson i know that I, we've obviously all been involved in inclusion a bit but um is there anything outside of the hockey club or within the hockey club that sort of drew you to be part of and chair in fact uh the pride committee when it opened up last year few different things. First of all, relocating from Brizzy to um, Melbourne back in 2014. Um, I was playing as a goalie still then. You know, my sister said to come along, you know, you, you don't have a choice. We're, we're a family of hockey players. You're playing at Camberwell. <laughs> um, and from there, so started to join and, you know, I'd been I guess, living as my true authentic female self for about six years at that stage, but still daunting, you know, the sporting field, you know, uh, especially as a, as a female player. Um, but I sort of found that it was never a question. It was always just Stacey is our goalie. Um, ended up playing, you know, at the Premier League reserve level. Um, 
And does that just said a huge difference to me, but I could also see it how much difference, you know, what, what the club's doing as well. You know, I think at that time, Ed and Sophie and, and others were heavily involved in so, uh, doing a lot around Pride. Um, back then was sort of, Campbell was involved in the state government's fair go sport um, promotions and uh, networks and things. Um, and I could just see that it wasn't, Campbell wasn't something, it's just did a token, hey, we, we support Pride. It was really was um, a hands-on awareness, you know, at all different levels. And you could see it in, you know, on the pitch or around people, you know, people would turn up with their, uh, the partners that they loved and it doesn't really matter, you know, who it is. Uh, you, you're all welcome and you're welcome on the pitch. Um, we all know how much, you know, sport helps our mental health and how much we sometimes get grumpy if we can't play, especially with being at, you know, the whole season last year cancelled. <laughs> um, and it's documented that, you know, sport is a huge mental health um, benefit. Um, and for those in the LGBTIQA plus community, a lot of things in life, you know, they may lose family, they may lose partners, they may lose access to kids, they may lose um, work as well, you know, just by trying to live as their true authentic self with their true partner that they sort of feel connected with. Um, and if they just have that one space in sport where they know they can come along, are a part of the same team just as anyone else, that really makes a big difference um, for themselves you know, on, on and off the pitch. Um, I know for myself when a couple of years ago when I was sort of struggling with my own mental health, you know, the club was really supportive and you know, allowed me time off to play and then sort of slowly back in. It was that sort of made a big difference. And then when, after the years of the amazing work of Ed and Sophie were doing and others, um, you know, they wanted to try and step down. And, you know, it was taken at the, the initi initiative was taken at the, I guess, the, the top level, you know, our president, Simon, sort of reached out and said, hey, you know, um, Stacey, you want to try and help put a pride, uh, pride committee together or, you know, diversity committee we're still trying to figure out what that was um so we can build upon the amazing work that you know Campbell had been doing yeah I mean there's a lot there's a lot to that answer um but I think the key there Stacey is that it shows that the pride committee at Campbell is not just a name for a group of us who catch up occasionally and you know you've mentioned there that you were accepted as player and on committees and just coming down to watch the club and all the way through to the, the board of the club is so supportive of the Pride Committee and inclusion more generally. And I think that as a club, we're really leading the way. And I know that a lot of other clubs in, in Victoria do a great job in this space too, but leading the way just to show that, well, if you want to be part of our, our club and you want to play hockey or not, then, you know, come one, come all and, and we'll open our arms to everyone, no matter, you know, who they are and, and welcome them exactly as they are. So I think you also touched there briefly on the work that um, Ed Uncles and Sophie Sheen have done sort of pioneering the, the Fair Go Sport round, uh, I don't know, probably five or six years ago now. Um, it's now moved into the Pride Cup round, which is obviously really exciting. Um, with the committee, so obviously the CHC Pride Committee, Sam, um, you know, do, do we have any goals as a committee that you 
you'd be prepared to go on the record as saying, or are we here really just to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit more into the the pride space? Um, I think we probably did write down some formal goals that when we created our committee, but probably can't give you them off the top of my head. But I'd say that from from my, I guess, understanding of what we're aiming to do is probably a few things. So one is to um, create a safe space for everyone at the club. And yes, our committee is kind of more focused on um, gender and sexual diversity and inclusion in that regard. But I think um, all four of us are also keen to make it an inclusive space for everyone. And, you know, that goes across different cultures, ages, everything. Um, so creating a safe space would probably be our number one. And we've talked about um, that involves a few, a few things. One is awareness and education of our club members. Um, and that's been one thing that we've really tried to take on board um, over the last um, 18 months or so and getting education out um, as much as we can through social media and um, club emails. Um, and I think that that's been quite successful and we hope to continue that. One of the other things that we've talked about is um, creating, like, I guess, a physical safe space at the club as well. So discussing um, change rooms and um, players all feeling um, like they have a place at the club. So that's something we've still got some work to do. Um, and, of course, the Pride Cup is um, the culmination of um, all of this in terms of creating awareness. And it's probably the public event that everyone sees um, and so a lot of time and effort does go into that, but it's about creating a fun day um, and something that people recognise as being, you know, important and, and they understand what it's about and why we're doing it. And hopefully that gets the ball rolling with people talking um, about inclusion and gender and sexual diversity um, and ways that everyone can um, be an ally um, for their um, club members um, and I guess just getting the conversation started. Probably a few of the things that you did mention there um, that whilst we do have the focus on, you know, colloquially called the rainbow community, um, that certainly is where our focus lies. But we do want to look to make the Campbell Hockey Club an inclusive space for everyone and anyone within our community. Um, and I think that's a really good point to make because, we do want to, you know, open the arms of the Campbell Hockey Club up to anyone who wants to be involved, whether that's playing, coaching, officiating, watching. Um, you just want to come down and have a safe space to hang out on a Saturday afternoon. Well, that's our goal is to get the hockey club to become that for you. Well, obviously, we'll touch on education shortly, but I think that's a really key area to it as well. And, you know, it's some of the um, organisations that are working hard in this space from a hockey perspective, I know Hockey Victoria do a power of work, um, particularly organising their Pride Cup rounds over the year. And there's about four of them this year, which we'll talk about in a minute as well. And then um, for those who are unaware, Hockey Australia also launched um, trans and gender diverse guidelines for community sport, which for the sport of hockey and sport more generally was quite a big moment. There was a joint launch last year and there was nine national bodies who launched guidelines um, where essentially you can read the guidelines if you want but essentially the message is that you're welcome to play our sport um, as you are and you play where you identify which I think is shows that hockey is a sport that is genuinely inclusive and not just 
policy inclusive, you know. Um, inclusion goes a lot deeper than just having a flag on your website or having a nice blurb on the front page. Um, so we might move more towards the Pride Cup, which is obviously our flagship event uh, across the, the week of the 23rd to the 28th of July. So it's coming up pretty shortly. Um, now, for those who don't know, um, Pride Cup, which, as Stacey mentioned earlier, is a has come out of the Fair Go Sport round. It's the next iteration of that. Um, Pride Cup was made and created by um, a guy called Jason. He came out to his teammates at the Yarra Glen Footy and Netball Club um, in 2012 as a gay footballer, which was obviously quite a big step in 2012 and in a footy environment. His teammates actually came up with the concept of Pride Cup. They all wore, they got rainbow jumpers made and they painted the 50-metre arcs with the rainbow flag, um, which was incredible. It's grown exponentially since then and I'm sure got a lot bigger than they had have anticipated. Uh, the Pride Cup now goes all the way up to the AFL. People would be familiar having watched St Kilda Footy Club and the Sydney Swans play their Pride Cup where the numbers on their backs are rainbows and the 50-metre arcs are rainbows. Um, and then I would almost say Pride Cup's crowning moment was the big love heart drawn on the the commentary box side of the Matlock field in 2019 for our proud Pride Cup round. And if you do jump on their website, it's always the first image they show. Stacey, I might throw over to you because I know that you were a huge part of that day in 2019, um, handing out medals and really were the face of the event. Do you want to just talk to us about what Pride Cup means to you and what that event was like from your end on in 2019? Certainly. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, look, so Pride Cup, as you sort of mentioned there, was sort of started, I guess, out of a sporting club. Um, so Pride Cup is actually a... Uh, Pride Cup organisation, um, uh, not for profit, and they help support support sporting clubs around Australia to spread the message, um, and you know, be more inclusive and aware um, across different sporting codes. Now they've come out of they've come out of sort of AFL backgrounds, they've moved into hockey, and they're doing so many other different so helping support so many other different sports, and you know. Hockey Victoria was strongly involved in uh, Fergo sport in previous years and have really joined in partnership with Pride Cup to have their Pride Cup rounds as the key sort of focus there as you know, and inclusion and advocacy and, and support. So, you know, coming, I was still off on sort of concussion leave for still can't play, you know, five years on, still can't really play too much sport. But sort of getting back involved with um, being around the club back in 2019, you know, Ed and Sophie put on this amazing event. Um, you know, it was Campbell's Pride Cup, who was live streamed um, by the Hockey Victoria. Um, we had this massive big love heart right in the middle. Um, there was rainbow balloons, there was people, um, as presentations, there was, you know, video recordings and messages from the day, you know, for me, even not as a player, you know, it, it, it meant so much. And I was actually approached by the club to say, hey, look, do you want to present some medals? And hey, maybe you want to 
say something while you're out there as well. And it just sort of, I guess, iterates so how much I love the club and how much the club really does support all sorts of people and how they want to try and help get their message across. And like you said there, I mean, that that love heart that was um, aerial photo was taken of the Premier League uh, teams around the edge, but that's been used, you know, around Australia, not just by the Pride Cup organisation, not just by us, not by Hockey Victoria, but that message has been out there um, across various different websites and teams and so many other sports are also, you know, put love hearts out since then and that sort of thing. So, which really sort of parts the message across of how much a, li a simple little thing like a rainbow love heart on a pitch can make a difference, um, not just for where you're standing, but, you know, so broadly as well. I was I was certainly lucky enough to to play that weekend and um, it's one of my fond memories. I think, you know, the photos of running across the love heart in the in the rainbow socks. It is something that really will stand out to me personally for a really long time. Um, and that whole weekend was just incredible and certainly looking forward to being a part of it all again this year and for many years to come. Um, now, we've, we talked, we touched earlier just briefly on education um, and how we might be able to help, you know, inclusion grow within our club. Um, so obviously Camberwell is a club that puts a lot of effort into our inclusion and particularly with the Pride Cup, which is coming up again this weekend. Um, Stacey, I know that there is differences between clubs that do get involved in this space and clubs that don't. Um, do you want us to talk us through and explain a little bit about the differences between those two sorts of clubs? Certainly. Hockey Victoria, you know, working with Pride Cup, they've sort of run some Pride Cup 101 events, workshops uh, back in 2019. We had another one again recently. You know, a lot of, that's a big question people often ask. Well, how, how do I do something for Pride Cup? How How big does my event need to be? And really, it doesn't have to be a major event. It's just about starting to have those conversations, starting to share awareness around the sexual and gender diversity and bits and pieces and saying that it's okay to be your true self. Um, and, you know, Hockey Victoria, you know, we're running now uh, Pride Cup this weekend. Hockey Victoria official round is over at the end of July. Um, we don't have any sort of major home games on that weekend. So we have it at the weekend before. But this year, um, Pride Cups have been celebrated across hockey uh, hockey clubs over about four different rounds, you know, because they all wanted to do something themselves um, on their home pitch, you know, two years ago. It was just a, f a couple of clubs um, on that on the Pride Cup round weekend. You know, next time round we're talking about something that's been run over four different weekends. That's how much of a difference starting those conversations has has really made. And and many clubs have been reaching out, not just hockey, but but other organisations as well. But talking about hockey, you know, clubs which don't normally have champions in in this and this sort of area so reached out to um hockey victoria and others to say hey how how can we do more things what what can we do to get involved you know what, what should we do um which says a lot about you know that we know we don't 
we know we may not be doing much, but what can we do? Which says a lot to those that may be interested or are involved in hockey. And it's not just about the players. It's about the officials. It's about the spectators. It's about the admin people, the, the people that stock the beer up on Premier League weekends and <laughs> all, all those important things. You know, a, a sporting club is not just about athletes. It's, it's everyone. It's a whole community. And I think that's really what... Um, we can see a huge difference just in these past two years, you know, what Pride Cup is making um, across hockey. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the difference is really clear to see and, and to be, even the fact that we can have a podcast like this that will hopefully start conversations is such a big step in the right direction because it is something we talk about a lot Um is particularly in a sporting sphere is the inability that people have to talk about inclusion. Um, I can speak from experience and I think a, a lot of the time I used to get worried about speaking about inclusion and particularly LGBTQ inclusion because I was scared to make a mistake and say the wrong thing and use the wrong acronym or use someone's wrong pronouns or whatever it might be and I think in the position that I've been and fortunate enough to work in the space a little bit now is I'll keep making mistakes. Um, and from my end as a more of an, obviously an ally in this space, my recommendation to people is be willing to make a mistake on your quest for learning, because it's the only way we will advance this at all. Um, I probably make a mistake half the time I speak about this, but I'm willing to learn and I you know, will aim not to make that same mistake again. Um, Julia, you've obviously, you're in a, keep reminding me in all of our meetings that you're much younger than I am. Um, so you've got the networks in the younger community. What, what sort of recommendations would you have to your friends or your family or your teammates or, um, you know, the boys and girls who come up and grab a beer on Premier League weekend? How can they get better at this? What sort of initiatives can they do and where can they learn and things like that? What what would your message be to those people? I think for me, a big thing I think is really like an important step is like normalising asking people's pronouns because um, sometimes it's like gets misconstrued as like, oh, that's only for trans people, but like it's not. Like everyone has pronouns. That's how the English language works. And like someone's like gender expression, you know, gender expression is very fluid, you know, gender is very fluid for a lot of people. Um, someone's outward expression doesn't necessarily like align with how they identify, you know. Um, so I think just like getting used to, you know, saying your pronouns in your email signature or conversation when you meet someone or in your Zoom meetings, I think is a really good step to just like show that you're, an ally and you care you're you know like you're trying to learn um I think like it's difficult but I think you have to try and not be afraid like of getting people's pronouns wrong I think most people are like happy to correct you if you know you're obviously trying to learn um how to do it you know and be respectful um from my experience I think that's like a really like easy little thing that people can do like zoom added a new feature recently where you can put like pronouns in. So they show up next to your name. And I don't know, I think just stuff like that's good because it's like, it's not a lot of effort, but it's a really like valuable way to show that 
you care and you're interested in learning and you, you know, support people and just like having cisgendered people do that shows a lot of like support and solidarity um, and really helps like normalising it as the, you know, it helps using your privilege as like a cisgendered person helps normalise it and support gender gender diverse and trans and non-binary and gender fluid people. So I think that's a good thing to do. I might jump yeah. in there as well, Tom, if that's all right. Um, one thing I think might, I don't know if it's helpful, but um, I work as a GP, so I encounter, you know, um, a wide variety of patients. And one thing I've sort of taught myself to do when I'm meeting a new patient is to not assume anything in regards to gender or sexuality. So I won't necessarily um, use pronouns for partners or anything until my patient brings that up themselves. And so you can use a gender neutral um, pronoun um, until um, they, I guess, use a pronoun themselves. So you're not assuming anything. And that's something that you can do in general conversation with anyone. And I think um, most people, as Julia said, if you make a mistake, or as Tom said as well, if you make a mistake, if you're trying, you know, people are going to be happy to correct. But if you assume and you then um, sometimes by assuming you're placing judgment on um, what you think it should be, um, that can cause more harm. I think it's safer to just not assume anything and keep the conversation open as much as you can. So as the CHC Pride Committee focuses quite heavily on the LGBTQIA plus community, um, one of the really big elements of inclusion and how people identify are their pronouns. Now, I use the pronouns he, him. Um, but Stacey, can you just talk us through exactly, so for those who are completely unaware, what pronouns are and the importance of them? Certainly. So as we all society, especially Western society, um, always seem to have uh, genderized things. Um, it was either the gender, binary gender of male or female, um, man, woman, husband, wife, ladies, gentlemen. Um, it's always very non-binary, but you know, many cultures it's never always been a binary system. And as we all know, generally we talk about his, um, his or hers, uh, that type of thing. But there's, as sort of people who evolve and have been talking about um, the LGBTI community and over the past few decades, it's really about what people self-identify as. Now, besides the traditional he, she, him, her, his, hers, that sort of thing, we often use the words they both singly and plural, but quite often, um, they is also used as a as a pronoun for an individual. You know, instead of prefer to be called she or her, they might be called their or theirs. Now, for me, as um, you know, for someone you know, I've been living now for over ten years as my true female self, but I knew from the age of four that the gender I was being raised as wasn't right. You know, but it wasn't until I was age of thirty six that I found the strength to live as my true self. Um, but for me, I sort of grew up as, well, I'm a girl. I'm raised, I'm living as the one I'm expected to be, but I really 
no de-gaining sign on so female. So when I found the strength to come out and start living my life as my true self, I always thought, well, guess I'm she, her, that's my pronouns. Um, I didn't, and I, as myself, I even just saw the world as a binary world and, and that's the way the world was. So I even had to do my own understanding and go through my own so I guess, learning experience. Well, actually, it's not a binary world. And those that live their life as the gender that was assigned to them at birth because a doctor saw what that baby looked like, so that's what assumed that the gender that that person is, um, those that sort of connect to the gender that was biologically theirs, you know, a cisgender sort of type person. The, for me to come up in that world, I had to learn that actually it's not binary. There's other di differences. Some people are non-binary, so the neither don't identify as either male or female. Or if we're gender fluid, so they might sort of be a, a little, you know, feel a bit like from one side to the other at different times. So actually, through that, I guess, this journey of the last 10 years, I sort of realised that I do identify as she, her, but as well as as they. Um, I think that's a bit of a you know, recognition of my journey, where I've come from, and that at times I'm a little bit gender fluid, not quite female, but definitely not as, as I was raised as. <laughs> um, and it's just through that learnings that, you know, the the pronouns make a huge difference. Um, and it's just asking the question, you know, what are your pronouns? Or, you know, rather than just having a ticked up box of Mr, Mrs, Miss, that's, you know, it's who does an individual identify as? And that's what really it's all about is, you know, authentically, who is this person? How do they identify? Yeah. And I think, um, well, that's obviously an, Excellent answer, Stacey, and I think a lot of people I'd recommend and, and listen to that a few times because it gives you a really good insight um, into pronouns and how they represent people. Um, from my end, I'm, you know, an ally trying to learn my way through pronouns and who people are and, and questions are the best way to understand that. And the next thing is just to not to assume. So just because you might assume that someone looks the way that a he, him or a she, her should look, uh, don't assume that that's the pronouns that they they go with because, you know, assumptions are really dangerous. So if I can just recommend to everyone out there, ask questions first and, and don't make any assumptions. Assumptions are a gender-diverse or transgender person's worst nightmare. Phone calls or other bits and pieces, you know, being misgendered so many different times because of how one looks or how one hear um, is sounded over the phone. It's like, oh, you know, it it hurts. Like there's there's this mental anguish and inside of her. It's like, oh no, that's not me. I'm just this. This is who I am. So just because the way someone looks doesn't mean you make assumptions. So ask or use gender neutral. Um, pronouns for them. Hi, how are you? Or how's everyone today? You know, welcome, that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think in a sporting space, and I know, Julia, you definitely want to add on this topic as well. I think in a sporting space, 
something that we get caught up doing a lot and it's something that you, you wouldn't often think about when you stand in front of your team and you go, hey, guys, what are we doing today? Or um, if you're working in a, a boys or a girls team, we use those pronouns just really generally. Um, just take a minute, think about what you're saying and, and there are plenty of options out there. Um, now, Julia, did you have something to add to this? Uh, sort of briefly, I think about what Stacey said on the assumptions. I think sometimes it gets a misconception that, you know, like, oh, you know, we only need to ask the pronouns of someone who's, you know, come in in fishnets and a feather boa, like they're, you know, a very obviously like, you know, a bit extravagant, like the stereotype of gay people, essentially. I think it's really easy to fall into that stereotype and sort of basically it's easy to fall into a stereotype of what like an LGBT plus person like should look like. Um, And I think it's really important to remind yourself that like that's not the case like um, in all the time and that's just about being like respectful for people as Stacey said, not making assumptions. Like for example – I'm dating a man. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm straight, you know. Like I can wear a skirt. That doesn't mean, you know, you identify as a woman. So I think that or you are a woman. That's a great um, point there, Julie, especially about sexuality. Like, you know, we've talked a fair bit about gender and pronouns. The context of sexuality, you know, it's not just about the traditional heterosexual sort of relationship you know, we're also talking about someone that's attracted to potentially their their own, uh, someone that identifies as their own gender as well, or they might be attracted to uh, someone of multiple genders, um, you know, not necessarily at the same time, but, you know, it's more fluid, or they may not necessarily actually be sexually attracted to anyone of a particular gender. So, you know, we talk a fair bit about um pronouns and sort of how what people identify as but you know sexuality is another thing as well so that was great sort of comment there julia um on the sort of like you know come on girls or come on guys um comment in the sport like i'm i don't know if i'm the best place to talk about this like as a cisgendered woman but i think um I think, as Tom said, it's reported to sort of, like, reflect on, like, why that's your assumption that everyone else in the team also identifies as such. And where possible, it is nice to try and use more, like, gender-neutral language and sort of just, like, reflect on your assumptions of, like, binary-gendered sport and why that's the default, especially, you know, in sport. Um but I think, like, it's a good way to open up that conversation with the team and with people about, you know, how people feel about that. I think, you know, I'm certainly guilty of, the, you know, like, come on, guys, come on, girls. Like, I, you know, I do that still because it's just ingrained in you that, um, that that's what you say. But I think sort of myself, you know, I try to acknowledge and reflect the fact that that's how I've been conditioned to think by like a heteronormative cisgendered society. Um, So I think just reflecting on that is important and 
probably, you know, like having a conversation with your team if, you know, people are comfortable or uncomfortable with it because, yeah, um, obviously I can't speak to that experience fully as a cisgendered woman, but I think it's an important, like, reflection point. And that's a great point because, I mean, hockey is traditionally a binary gendered sport, you know, and there's a male or female competition. You know, whereas Hockey Victoria, and I'm sure with Hockey Australia, the policies are now that, yes, you'd say binary type gendered sport. However, you sign up for the competition which you best represents the gender that you identify as. And I think that's an amazing leadership from, from above to help give direction you know, for clubs and you know, existing players and things that, you know, it's not about you are joining a male or a female competition. You are joining a competition that best represents you irrespective of the exact um, gender that you actually identify as. You know, and I, I know as a, as a pride committee, um, you know, that's as, as much as amazing things that Camberwell does, that's still something that we, you know, can do more of and do more work with clubs, with so with the with the captains, with the teams, with the coaches about how best to address the group during trainings, during um, um, game day and, and those sorts of things so that we are a more inclusive because just remember not everybody is out about their sexuality or gender um you know they may not be able to for various reasons or may not, or may not feel comfortable within your particular club or workplace environment because you're not sure how it react so just being more inclusive is going to make them feel more comfortable and you know health benefits even though you may not know it so there's those, all those little great, great little tips and things. Great points and, and so much good information in there. So hopefully that certainly helps a few people out over their journey over the remainder of this season and moving forward as well. My recommendation as a, as I say, as a budding ally in this space is just consume as much information as you can, learn things because, you know, it's an ever-evolving, it's an ever-evolving role. Um, being an ally and being within the community and the more information you have, the, the better you're going to be at it. Um, I was sort of thinking earlier on what would tips be? What if I could, you know, give a couple of tips to people who want to be allies in this space and hopefully a podcast like this can open up those doors and these conversations. And my top three tips for anyone that wants to be an ally would, the first one would be have a conversation, ask questions because it's better than nothing. Um, and you're only going to get better and learn more. Um, the next question, the next tip would be to help educate those other people who might want to be allies. So when you learn information, share it with others. Help them out. Help them be better at this. And then the last one, and this is particularly prevalent in sport, not so much hockey but just sport generally, is to call out behaviours that are harmful to this. Um, I think as a as a potential ally that's probably one of the most powerful things you can do um, is stand up to a friend and it's, it can be incredibly uncomfortable, but, you know, no one will learn if, if we collectively don't call these behaviours out. Um, so, look, we have a real hope on the CHC Pride Committee here that we can help educate our club to become more inclusive. I think we're terrific in this space already, but 
you know, it's a never ending, it's a never ending cause. Like we'll never, we'll never clock inclusion. So um, I'd love to say thank you to Julia, Sam and Stacey for your time this evening. As always, if you've got any questions about it, you can reach out to any of us. Um, Thanks a lot, everyone, for joining us tonight. It's been awesome. You've been listening to the Camberwell Hockey Podcast. We'd like to send a big thank you to our hosting team, our guests, and you, the listener, for your support. If you enjoy the show, please give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This show is recorded and produced by Camberwell Hockey Club in Melbourne, Australia. If you have any feedback, comments or questions, please find us on Twitter at Camberwell underscore HC or see more information on our website, camberwell.hockey. See you next week.